Good morning, church. How are you? Good. It's good to see you all. My name is Cameron. I'm one of the pastors here at Conduit. And um, days like days like today are um, are some of my most favorite days. Um, obviously, as you know, Pastor Luke had said, and as you can probably uh, as you can probably tell, and I know many of you are here today to kind of witness the commitment that your loved ones, your friends, and your family are making. And um, we're just blessed to be able to be a part of that and to take part in what, uh, in, the, in the decisions that people make to follow Jesus. Um, and uh, often, oftentimes, or maybe not so often, we sometimes forget to talk about um, or at least have a communal understanding of baptism and what it is uh, what it is and what it means and also what it is what it is not um, and so this morning I, I want to be able to to share uh, what the word of God what I believe the word of God communicates about baptism when it when it is appropriate in someone's life and and give give you an opportunity to respond to that uh, to respond by it in an affirmation of a decision maybe that you have already made to be baptized, um, as well as my hope and my prayer uh, has been this week is that the Holy Spirit of God moves upon your heart um, and does all of the things that we believe that the Holy Spirit does in moments like this, uh, reveals the truth of God's Word to us, um, convicts us of our of our own sin and of our own need to both repent and confess of that sin, so that we might receive the forgiveness that is available to us through faith in Jesus in Jesus Christ, and live the fullness of life that God has defined designed for us in Jesus, both now and into eternity. Um, so, what is what is baptism? Uh, you know, it would be, um, obviously, I think most people have a con- concept of what happens in the practice of baptism, the practicality of baptism. There's usually, there's usually water involved, right? And, and sometimes that water gets um, sprinkled on someone, and sometimes it gets poured on someone, and sometimes people go all the way underneath the water and come back up. But almost universally, there is, there is water involved, and that's, that is appropriate. Um, what we believe, what we believe that both the Bible teaches about baptism, and we believe, uh, and so we have uh, obviously adopted that as our own, our own understanding and belief about baptism is uh, very similar, though not the same. All right, and you've heard me if you've been a part of Conduit uh, or listened to us online, you've probably heard me say this once or twice before that um, baptism. God bless you. Um, uh, baptism. Is um, is similar to if you are married and you wear a wedding ring. So, I've been married um, to my wife this coming July for 19 years, and and for 19 years I have wore a ring on the ring finger of my left hand. And if you're walking around, um, you know, walking around in the world, and you see someone and they're wearing a ring on the ring finger of their left hand, you generally have, in generally, you know, like some people don't wear wedding rings and that's, there's no issue with that, but like you generally can tell, or that is a sign that they are married, right? Something that they wear on the outside of their body that, that communicates to all those around them that they have made a commitment to someone else to live in the covenant of marriage and um, and love and serve and honor and live with this, uh, live with and love this other person. And it, it is a, it is a thing that communicates something else. It is a sign and a symbol of an inward commitment that a person has made to someone else. Now, if I take this ring off, right? and I put it in my pocket, right? And I go around the rest of my life, I do not cease to be married, right? I'm still married. It's not like with the symbol being off, the covenant 
has now been done away with or doesn't matter, right? Because the ring just stands as the outward and visible sign of the inward and spiritual commitment, but it is not the commitment itself. Baptism um, kind of exists in the same way. That when we, when we, uh, when we are baptized, we are taking a, we are making a public affirmation. We are, we are, we are, we are involving ourselves in an outward sign that involves water and the words of baptism. You know, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we are partaking in an outward sign that symbolizes and signifies a commitment that we have made internally and now publicly to say, I confess my sin before the Lord. I repent of my sin. I understand my need for a Savior. I receive Jesus by faith, and I am asking Him to save me both from the power of sin and the penalty of sin so that I may live with and walk with him in faithfulness to his calling upon my life. And I want the world to know. And I want the world to know. This is why um, often what, um, you know, uh, as a pastor several times over the course of uh, ministry in the last 18 years or so, um, someone's come and, and said, "Hey, Pastor, I would. Um, would you mind if you like maybe after church on a Sunday, come over to the house? Um, I got a pool in my backyard. I would really like to be baptized, but I'm I'm kind of shy, and um, I don't like to be I don't like to be in front of people, and it makes me a little nervous." And I just kind of want it to be a uh, very, very private and, um, and personal uh, type of uh, thing that I do. And as much as I, um, as both a pastor and really in, in my personality, want to be a, a people pleaser, right? I don't generally like to say no to people. It's in moments like that where I have a strong conviction about what baptism is and what it signifies that I have to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. Uh, Because the nature of baptism is the step to make a public proclamation of the decision to follow Jesus. And while many of us have, maybe we've we've fallen into this, uh, I don't want to say a trap, but it is a trap to say uh, about our relationship with Jesus. We call our relationship with Jesus... um, Oh my, you know, my relationship with Jesus is just a private thing. You know, I don't I don't I don't push it on other people. I don't um, I don't make sure that everyone knows it. You know, I don't I don't, you know, it's just something that I keep internally to me. And while what I think most people mean or what I'm going to what as your pastor what I would exhort you to change your language about is that our relationship with Jesus is not private at all. Our relationship with Jesus is personal, meaning that, that we have a relationship with Jesus, that Jesus has, Jesus, the, the, the life of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God has, a, has affected us personally, but that affection in our life is not private and has never been, has never Um, purposed to be private. In fact, God saves us not just for us personally, but so that we may be a witness and reflection of his saving power and glory to an unbelieving world. And so when we walk into the water of baptism, what we are saying is, I am a witness to the power of of God through Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and save me from both the penalty and the power of sin both now and into the future. And so baptism is a very public, very celebrated, very personal, but certainly not private moment 
And that's why there's, I don't know, there's probably about 200 people in the room today, right? And when we get ready to baptize, when we get at the end of the um, sermon, I promised to everyone in leadership that my sermon would be shorter this morning. I don't know if, I, if I'm going to like eat those words or not. I'm going to try really hard, okay? By God's grace, it will be much shorter than they usually are. Uh, but then um, we will, you know, it's not, um, and we'll kind of roll this into the next point, but like when we get ready to baptize, if you've got kids in Conduit Kids, I'm going to go grab them and bring them in here. In fact, I don't, I'm not just asking you, I'm telling you, you got to go get them, right? Because everyone is coming in the room, right? Because baptism is an opportunity for the community, not just the mature adults among us, right? but for the community of faith to witness the proclamation of the gospel as others say, I follow Jesus this morning. This is a decision that I have made. Um, and so there, there's a lot of things that we can talk about baptism being, and there's also some, uh, there, we need to be aware of also what baptism is not. Because baptism um, can be con- maybe confused or conflated with other things, all right? Uh, For instance, baptism does not save you. Baptism baptism, um, does not save you from um, eternal destruction or damnation. Baptism, we call it the the fancy word that we use is, baptism is not salvific. Meaning if you just jump in the pool this morning and I dunk you under the water and bring you back up, but you have not surrendered your heart to Jesus as your Lord, if you are not daily walking with Him in repentance of your sins, trusting Him for your salvation on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment, minute-by-minute basis, there is no saving power in the water itself. There is nothing special about the water itself. You know where we got that water? We didn't get it from the church store of holy baptismal water. We got it from the hose. You can thank the BPU for the water this morning, all right? Because they're the ones that provided it, right? The only thing that saves us, the water does not save us, the only thing that saves us is faith in Jesus Christ. We believe that, right? That the, the grace of God affected to us and our faith in Jesus Christ, right, that is what saves us. And so sometimes there's like this, we, we worship and we are enamored with the, the sign, which is the water, right? Or the symbol. And we want to we save the water for our baptism. Like we put it in a cup, right? And then we put, it on our, we put it on our shelf and we'll be like, well, that's the water of baptism that saved me, right? No, the water of baptism didn't save you. I guarantee you, you do that, that water's going to turn green in a little bit, all right? The water does not save us. Only Jesus Christ saves you, okay? Only Jesus. Salvation is found. Peter said this in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. It is not the water that saves us. The water is the symbol that signifies the washing away of our sin, the uniting of ourselves with Jesus Christ in death and resurrection. And we get to celebrate through the water, but the water is not to be celebrated itself. Jesus and Jesus alone is what we celebrate in. Here's another, this is a, this is a very crucial and critical point this morning um, that I want to make. And it is this. Baptism, baptism is not nowhere, nowhere in the Scripture, all right? Nowhere do we find that baptism is the reward that a person receives when they have reached a specific level of spiritual or Christian maturity or intellectual knowledge. Sometimes what happens is that we, um, we feel the call, the movement of the Holy Spirit upon our hearts. 
And it usually, it usually sounds something like, leave behind the life of sin. Come and follow me. I will give you purpose. I will bring you hope. Everything that is broken, I will begin to heal. Everything that has induced fear in you, I will begin to bring you peace and hope both for now and the future. And we get this sense of like, we don't exactly know at the beginning usually what that what it is. We feel it, right? We sense it. We say, we get an intuition that this is the case. I'm here to tell you this morning that what that feeling is, what that thing you're sensing is actually the Holy Spirit of God that is speaking to you, saying, come to me, come and follow me. Let me, let, let me give you the gift of forgiveness in Jesus. I want you to experience the fullness of life that is available through relationship with him. Come and be baptized. And what we say sometimes is like, well, man, yeah, I want to, I want to follow Jesus and I, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I am just like, I don't know anything about the Bible. And, um, and I'm just like, I'm not, that, I'm not that good of a Christian yet. And I haven't really been doing the church thing a whole lot. And I'm just not like, man, I, I probably need to like go through a few classes, right? Like I gotta, I really need to, I really need to buff up on my theology and I, I need to be able to understand everything about the Lord and everything about faith, the Christian faith and everything about the church. And, and then once I have reached that, that level of kind of like spiritual and Christian maturity, and I've, I've kind of checked all the boxes, and I've passed the intellectual test of believing in Jesus in the right ways and believing the right things and going to the right classes, then finally, now I can go and experience the reward of my ascent into Christian maturity, and I can be baptized. I want to tell you that the Scripture knows nothing of that. The scripture knows, knows nothing of a, hey, just make sure you know exactly what it is that you're doing. How many of us, at the moment of receiving faith in Jesus Christ, had any idea of what it would require of our lives? Very few of us, right? But how many of us were like, I had no idea where the Lord would take me, what he would do in my life, what I would learn, what I would have to surrender to him, what he would use the refiner's fire to burn out of me, and what he would build back up in me with his grace and mercy, where he would take me, what I, what, where I would be in my life. I, I would say that the vast majority of us have entered into relationship with Jesus Christ, relative infants, right? And he has grown us up as we have followed him faithfully. And so when we come to a moment like this and, 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 and a person will come, come up to me and say like, pastor, you know, I really feel like I, I really feel like you, you mentioned baptism. And I, I really feel like I need to be, I, I hear like the Holy Spirit say, you need to be baptized, like be baptized. But I just, I just don't know that much at all. So is there like a class that I can go through or a book that I can read or something like that? So now I am fit for baptism. And listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be pursuing a, a greater sense of discipleship and understanding and study in God's word and, and, and searching out the scripture and knowing the things of God and knowing the things of Christ and growing in our faith. What I am saying is that intellectual knowledge of all things theological has never, ever, ever been a qualification to enter the water of baptism. The only qualification is that you get a sense of the Holy Spirit's conviction on my life, that I confess that, yes, Lord, I am indeed a sinner 
It is you and you alone, Lord, that can save me from my sin. I trust in you, Lord, to forgive me of my sin. Help me now and forever walk in faithfulness to you and with you. That is the qualification. That is the earliest qualification. In fact, in the book of Acts, we see, right? We've read these over the last few weeks, but in the, in the book of Acts, remember after Pentecost, right? So a few weeks ago, it was Pentecost Sunday, and we preached on this, right? Where, where um, Jesus ascended back into heaven, right? And he told the disciples, um, hey, stay where you are in a little while, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you will go out in my power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Right? You will go out to all places proclaiming what you have seen in me. And, and when that happened, the disciples who were once afraid, scared, anxious, hiding away in an upper room for fear of the Jews and the Romans who had killed Jesus, when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, their attitudes, their demeanors, their inward disposition towards the, towards the purpose of their life flipped immediately and they immediately went out and were like, we can't stop talking about what Jesus has done. We can't stop talking about what he has done in the world. We can't stop talking about what he has done in us. We can't stop talking about what he will do in the future. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. And guess what? An unbelieving, hard-hearted world, when faced with the message of Jesus Christ as Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they were just like, yes. We receive it. We believe it. Because the Holy Spirit had already gone before them to work in the hearts and the lives of those who would receive the message. And so when the proclamation hit their ears, it was like, yes, this is what we have wanted. This is what our souls needed. This is what, this is, this is what fills the empty spot in the middle of us that we have always wondered, why, why am I empty? Why am I empty? Why can't I get fulfillment here? Why can't I find fulfillment here? What's going on here? And I try to fill it, 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 and every time I try to fill it, whatever I try to fill it with comes up leaving me more and more empty. And we wonder why, well, I just haven't figured it out yet. Maybe I'll read another book. Maybe I'll listen to another podcast. Right? Maybe I'll have another relationship. Maybe that will end up working. And guess what? Can you testify to the fact that it never does? I can testify to the fact that it never does. Because we were meant for one thing and one thing only, right? To bring glory to God through faith in Jesus Christ. That until we find our rest in Him, our souls will always be restless. They will always be looking for something else. They will always be looking for something new. And that is exactly what Peter came to tell the people on that day in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, um, starting at verse 36, you know, he had just got done preaching this whole long, elaborate sermon about who Jesus Christ was as Lord, about the, about the forgiveness that was offered um, to all of humanity through faith in him. And he says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Now, what was the people's response to the proclamation of Jesus Christ as Lord in their lives? Or Lord for them? Or Lord, Lord um, um, as an option for them? When the people heard this, verse 37, Acts chapter 2, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. I mean, that message went right into their heart. Right into the center of their being. And said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And so, listen, this is a really important point, okay? They heard the message of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior the first time. Peter preached it the first time. The conviction or the work of the Holy Spirit brought them to a moment of decision. What should we do then? 
Okay, yeah. Well, what should we do? What is Peter's response? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and who? And for who? For you and your, your who? Your who? Say it. For, it's for you and your children, right? Well, I mean, children don't understand. How can a child be baptized? They don't get it. They don't, they don't understand. Our, we're going to get to that in just a second. And for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. So how long, how long of a preparatory period did a person have to go through between accepting the message of Jesus Christ as Lord and being baptized? It seems about 30 or so seconds. Amen. Okay? That's, that's about what it seems here. Right? Didn't go through a year of confirmation classes. Didn't go through, didn't read this book, take this test, meet with this person, make sure you know everything that you need to know in order to do it. No, do you, do you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you desire him to save you from your sins, forgive yes. you of all that you have done, set you on a path towards righteousness for his name's sake? Yes, I do. All right, let's go get you baptized here. Because that is what the scripture teaches over and over and over and over and over again. And, a thou- and thousands were added to their number that day. What is the qualification for baptism? Faith in Jesus Christ, confession of my sin, receiving forgiveness through his blood, setting myself on a path towards obeying and believing in him. Baptism was often celebrated at the moment of salvation, at the moment of a person's first confession of Jesus Christ as Lord. It was not a prize for a perfect score on the theological test that someone gave you somewhere down the line. Now this brings up an important question then. Well, then what age should someone be baptized? What age should someone be baptized then? Um, and and, and what I would say is that, um, you know, not, not to be the politician among us, right? But uh, every person is different. And I, I know some extraordinarily spiritually sensitive four and five-year-olds. Where they have, a, they have a significant awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And the Holy Spirit speaks through them in such significant ways according to their own context and capacity, right? And language where you're like, what did you just say? Like, where did that come from? And, and, I, know some, and I know some 12, 13, 14-year-olds who are like, well, yeah, I just, I wanted to be baptized because my, and I thought, it's cool, and my friends were doing it, and I like I, I saw that my you know my parents kind of encouraged me to do it or um, whatever, and I'm like, well, I mean, so here here is here's my perspective as pastor of Conduit Ministries, and 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 I I um I fully understand that other pastors and other churches may have different sets of standards or whatever you want to say and i'm not here to say this church is wrong that pastor is wrong like don't hear me saying any of that right um i i want to be faithful to what what the way that i read the scripture and what i what i think is here and what i think is is um is is really clear and really evident that if the only qualification for bapt only qualification for baptism is that someone confesses their desire for Jesus Christ to be Lord and save them from their sins. I care little if they're four or whether they're 400. They're qualified for baptism. You know? because, because it is very, very obvious and very, very clear to me that even at the age of four, there are some kids who are like, I know that Jesus has forgiven me and I... 
want to live in faithfulness to him and I want to follow him and I want him to be Lord. And what, like, what do you expect me to say to that? Well, uh, you're so cute. God bless you, you know. Um, yeah, in a few years, when you, when you get it, a little, when you get it like I get it, then we'll baptize you, okay? Like, where do I get, where would I get off saying something like that? Absolutely, 100%, no way. Right, the scripture is very clear. So what does the scripture say additionally about baptism? Is it, is it only here that in Acts chapter 2, is that the only time that it talks about it? No, it, it doesn't. There are several ways in which the writers of Scripture use baptism to communicate spiritual realities. Okay, remember, baptism is a sign and a symbol. Okay? So it points us to other realities. Just like, and that's why we call it a sacrament, right? Similar to when we take communion with one another, that we use the bread and the cup, right? Because they, what do they do? They point us back to the sacrifice of Jesus. They point us to his broken body. They point us to his shed blood. And in the practice of communion, we are encouraged and built up in our faith as we, as we walk once more the faithful steps of Jesus to sacrifice himself for our sins. Baptism, in the same way, the water does the same thing. It points us back to Jesus. It points us to what he did. And there are several ways that scripture talks about baptism in like as this spiritual reality. The first one that we probably all have a pretty good general understanding of is when is when baptism is used um, to talk about how the water um, the water provides this symbolic or signifying cleansing or washing away of our sins. That, that water, water, is, water is used as a means to create cleanliness of our hands, like when we wash our hands, right? Cleanliness of our bodies, right? And, and Paul, in um, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, says this when he calls people to baptism. He, he used this, uses this image. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be witnesses to all men and women of what you have seen and heard. Now what are you waiting for, Paul says? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So that Paul, Paul uses the imagery of the water offering a, a, a cleansing flood from our sins. Now, does Paul actually believe that that water is what washes away our sins? No. Like we can take we can take all of Paul's theology in one column over here that describes that it is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone that our sins are forgiven. That we are that 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 we uh, that we walk in eternity with the Lord. And you can have. One verse over here where he's like, yeah, so the waters of baptism, like they wash away our sins, right? We understand that Paul here is using some imagery, some symbolism to help connect his listeners to the, 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 the symbolic purpose of baptism, which is a symbolic washing away of our sins, now, in other places in Paul, he uses much more vivid imagery. For instance, in Romans chapter 6, which is a primary text for us on baptism, Paul talks about how baptism is our symbolic unification with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. So if we turn over to Acts chapter 6, we see... Um, exactly what we're talking about here. So Paul is writing a letter to to the Christians in Rome. We knew it, we know it as the Book of Romans in our Bible, right? But this is a letter, and um, 
And what's essentially happening is that these newer Christians are, they're, they're, they're just kind of learning what it actually means to walk with Jesus and to live, live a life of faithfulness to him, right? And like many of us um, at various times in our lives, one of the things that they were experiencing or dealing with was this wrestling or this tension between the grace that God offers us to forgive us of our sins and the continued, um, the continued struggle to free ourselves and put to death the sin of our lives. And what the Roman Christians were dealing with was kind of this somewhat hard-hearted attitude where they're like, well, like, God is forgiving us of our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ, right? So we can kind of just like go on living our lives as we already, as we always have, because we know that God is just going to forgive us. I can just do whatever I kind of I want to. There, there, there's actually no requirement. There's no, there, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost me anything. No part of my life needs to be put to death. I can just continue to be the person that I was because, hey, I'll just ask for forgiveness in the, at night before I go to bed, right? and it'll be fine. And what Paul, Paul responds to kind of that general sentiment here. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we just go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, he says. We have died to sin, how can we live in it any longer? Don't you know that all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from it. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. What is Paul saying here about the reality of baptism and sin and death and resurrection and life? What Paul is saying here is like, listen, Christ was put to death. And in his death, He carried all of our sin to the cross. Everything that was meant to be ours because of our sin. Everything that was meant to be ours because of the darkness and brokenness of our heart. Christ put all of that upon himself and he then went to the cross and he died there taking our sin with him into the grave. That Christ put to death our sin. And then three days later, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, that God raised Jesus back up from the grave in triumphant victory over the power of sin, which is death. And Jesus marched triumphantly out of the grave in victory over sin and victory over death. Our sin, the sin that Christ carried with him on the cross 
and then went in the grave with him, stayed in the grave, and he came alive out of the tomb. What Paul says here, he's like, when you are baptized, you are uniting yourself with Christ Jesus in his death as you go, as you're placed under the water, right? We're put you in the grave. And through your faith in Jesus Christ, all of your sin and all of your shame and all of your guilt before God is put to death. He puts it to death through Jesus Christ. And then when you come up out of the water, you are uniting yourself with Jesus in his resurrection. So your, your sin remains dead, but you come up from the water in glorious celebration to new life in him, resurrected from certain death because of your sin through Jesus Christ. And so baptism is the symbolic act signifying that I am uniting myself with Jesus Christ as he has, through the power of his spirit, put to death the sin in my life so that I may be raised in resurrection with him to new life in him. And so baptism is not without a cost. The cost to you and I for baptism is a willingness and an eagerness and a continued work to allow Jesus Christ to put to death sin in our lives. Because sometimes, right, this is another thing that we often think that baptism is, but we should say unequivocally that baptism is not the sign of Christian perfection. Because, because you will continue moment by moment, day by day, week by week, every single step you take, needing to rely on Jesus for freedom from your sin, victory over your sin, hope in the midst of your hopelessness, freedom in the midst of your pain and addiction and anxiety and depression, daily, daily trusting in Him to put the sinful parts of who I am to death so that the glorious parts of life in Jesus may, may, may resurrect in us. Baptism is our willingness to unite ourselves with Jesus. Lord, put to death all sin in my life so that I may be raised in resurrection with you. So I may be raised in new life. And that is why, I don't know if you've ever been to a conduit baptism before, but if you haven't, right? right, This is not a somber, solemn, everyone fold your hands and bow your heads and remain in a humble posture type of celebration. Like, listen, we're going to get after it in celebration, all right? Because it is the moment, right, where sin has been put to death and God has raised someone to new life in Jesus Christ. It is a moment of absolute exuberant celebration. The only place that's going to celebrate more in baptism is heaven, right? That's the only place. And like we gotta, we're gonna, we gotta try and match them this morning, right? We, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to match with heaven. At the very least, we're uniting ourselves with the chorus of heaven that is celebrating that one, that, that someone was dead in their sin but is now alive through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm almost done. See, I told you. You might be thinking, that's your short sermon, Pastor? Uh, sorry, if you're new here, you'll get used to it. Um, so what, what, if, what if you're here this morning and you have, um, you have um, 
You've already confessed your sin, repented of your sin. You've trusted Jesus for the salvation of your soul. Um, you have been baptized, right, uh, already, and you're here, and you're like, well, I shouldn't even come today. This isn't for me. Right? It's not for me. Um, and listen, baptism is also, um, we, we do it in community, Right? We already said that. We we do it in the midst of in the midst of other people, right? Our community of faith, those whom we are asking to support us and love us and encourage us and pray for us and walk with us and disciple us and 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 help 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 move us closer to Jesus every single day, every single day, every single day, so that he so that through our proximity to Jesus, he tra- continues to transform our lives. Right? And we're asking everyone to do that in our lives, right? Listen, those of you who ha- have trusted in Jesus and have repented of your sins and are walking faithfully with Him and are asking Him to transform your life and, and have been baptized before, like, this is a day and these are moments where we can be remem- we can remember and we can be reminded of the commitment that we have made right to trust Jesus daily because often as we the as you walk with Jesus and you walk with Jesus you sometimes you lose sight you lose sight of the glory of God's work in Jesus Christ in your life. We forget. We forget just just how deep we were when Jesus saved us. We We forget just how hopeless we once felt before we had hope in Jesus Christ. We we forget we forget just how dark life was until the light of Christ came bursting forth from the grave in us. And these moments today are moments of remembrance. They're moments of recommitment. They're moments of um, they're moments of like um, letting the Holy Spirit of God speak to you once again. And while Listen, if you were baptized and you were walking with Jesus, you know, and you're not perfect, right? But you're continuing to like pursue him by faith. Um, listen, you don't need to be baptized again because maybe the first time didn't take, okay? Right? The Lord got it right, okay? The Lord got it right. He was there, you know that? The Lord got it right. But often, um, what you know obviously i'm in the water and so i'm i'm getting wet in the water of baptism as well but but often what i will do is like i'll put my hand in the water and i'll just place it on my head and say remember your baptism remember your baptism remember the remember the moment where where um before your own community of faith you, you said i put to death the sin in my life jesus christ puts to death the sin in my life so that i might be, be raised to new faith and new life in Him. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I never have been baptized and I never have. I never have said to Jesus, Jesus, I, I need you to save me because I very clearly cannot save myself. Because I very clearly am powerless to affect both my the current state of my life, but also my future. And I don't know, Lord, what my future holds. But I know that I am like a ship without a rudder. And Heavenly Father, by your grace, would you save me today and the next and the next and the next Jesus I confess that I have sinned that I continue to sin that I continue to break the heart of God through my rebellion and no longer Lord do I want to walk away from you 
But Father, I desire to experience the freedom from forgiveness that is in Jesus Christ. Would you come and save me today? Help me, Lord, to walk in obedience with you. Help me to walk in faithfulness to you. Show me what it means to be a disciple and follower of Jesus. I am ready to leave behind this life that I have been living and desire to put to death all of the sin in my life so that I can experience new life in you. If that is you this morning, if that is the call of your heart, if that is what you hear and feel the Holy Spirit speaking into you this morning, then listen, you don't need to have told me beforehand that you want to be baptized today. We will baptize you today. And guess what? We've been actually praying and preparing for you anyway. And so I've got, I've got shirts and shorts for you to wear into the water or after the water if you want. They're not my size, right? They'll fit normal human beings. Don't worry. Um, but if you get the sense of God's movement on your heart this morning to turn away from your sin and to turn towards Jesus by faith, confessing of your sin and walking with Him in new life, if you're asking the same question that the crowd asked, to Peter as he preached. What then should we do? Repent. Repent of your sin and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you desire to give your heart to Jesus this morning and want to commemorate that and, and like symbol, symbolize and signify that through the water of baptism and you've never done that before, then I want to invite you to do that this morning. In a few moments here, um, in a few moments what we're going to do is we're going to bring the worship team back up, Okay. Those of you who have already, um, we've already talked about wanting to be baptized, um, I'm going to dismiss you to go either change out of your clothes and into new clothes, or if you're just going to be baptized in the clothes that you're in, you can go to the back of the room um, uh, behind the baptismal in front of the window and wait for me there. Likewise, if you are someone who is getting in the water to baptize someone else, uh, help me baptize someone else, you can go and get changed as well at that time. Um, if you have kids in Conduit Kids, I'm going to ask you to please go get them and bring them in here. Um, yes, it's going to be full. Yes, it's going to be a little hectic. Um, um, yes, it's okay. Um, and uh, and then we are gonna uh, we're gonna continue in worship, and then once worship is over, I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have you all turn around, <laughs> and um, I uh, this is one of those days where I wish we had like a baptismal up here. Um, uh, huh. Not a bad idea. Um, you know up. Next to all the sensitive electrical equipment, I'd like to put it up here. Um, uh, do you think we could lift 700 gallons of water and get it up here in the next 15 minutes? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> everyone grab a bucket. Um, uh, yeah, how do we make this work? <laughs> uh, because I want everyone to witness as much of it as possible. Okay? So... You may be able to see, you might not be able to see. Uh, we are going to turn the camera around and we have a mic over there. So it will be, um, at least the top of your heads will all be uh, on the live stream a little bit later. But if you, um, obviously, if you have someone that's being baptized today, uh, you know, like just say, excuse me, make your way forward, get right up to the pool. Um, if you can, it'd be great for you to be able to witness that. Now, if you are 
if you are the person, if you are the person who is saying, what should I do in response to this? Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, and we haven't talked yet, right? All I want you to do is meet me in the back. God. Meet me in the back and say, Pastor, I repent of my sins and I desire to walk faithfully with Jesus yes. and I want to be baptized today. Um, then I will throw you a shirt and a pair of shorts and you can go get changed and come right back out. Okay? We have 17 people being baptized right now, so we have quite the we have quite the um, we have we have quite the task ahead of us. We it's going to be a glorious task, though. I will say that if you or your kids are sensitive to loud, sudden loud noises, okay, I'm saying this because I have a child that is right, okay. Um, if you are sensitive to sudden or loud noises, we do use some confetti cannons. Um, and so I would recommend that you um, either stay back over here or um, there will be some people occupying some of the um, kids' rooms down there, but they will not, the rooms will not be staffed, okay? So when I'm telling you that I need you to go get your kids, I, I really mean go get your kids because there will not be any Conduit kids staff to take them, okay, once we start baptisms. Okay. Um, people who are in chairs around the baptismal, um, as we start to gather back there, I'm going to ask if you can just kind of stack your chairs, push them off to the side, and then you're going to have to like make your way up here or somewhere else. You don't got to do it right this second, but as we, um, as we move closer to that, we'll need some space back there. So, uh, had the worship team come back forward. Um, let me say a quick word of prayer for us. And then um, we can dismiss those who, would, uh, who need to go get ready for baptism. Heavenly Father, I ask that Your Holy Spirit would continue to move the truth of Your Word from, from the air this morning deep down into the heart of every man, woman, and child in this room. Lord, and I pray that those whom Your Holy Spirit is speaking to now will respond to You by faith, repenting and confessing of their sins, receiving forgiveness of their sins through Jesus Christ, and a desire to walk with Him in faithfulness. Father, we thank You so much for the glory and the, uh, just the majesty and the awe of what You have done in these people's lives. And Lord, we pray that You would continue to work in them as they walk closely with Jesus. In Your name we pray. This is our brother Aaron.
as a community, remember to be praying, uh, especially this week, for those who uh, for those who were baptized. Pray for their encouragement, their support, that the Holy Spirit uh, gives them a, just an inward affirmation of His peace and presence with them, because there's nothing more that the enemy would like to do than to try and pluck these seeds that have been planted today. So please, please pray for them, uh, that they may be strengthened in their faith, and that, that Jesus would be more real in their life today and the next and the next than he has ever been before. Yes. Conduit, go in grace and peace. And the Holy Spirit calls you by faith in Jesus Christ to repent of your sins and to receive forgiveness that is available in him. To live both through and over both the power and the penalty of sin and death. Conduit, you are loved. Go in peace. Thank you.